Cujo, did Cujo kill people? Like in the movie, did he just terrorize the neighborhood? Uh, well, Cujo, in the film, uh, and I think in the story, the dog was the family dog, got rabies, and it terrorized the family. And I can't remember if it killed it. It must have killed somebody, but the mother and son were trapped in a car in their house from the dog. And it was like very Jaws-like. Yeah, like they like in the Chappelle thing when he says the bum overtakes the bus because he's jacking off, and he's like, "No one move!" and he's just terrorizing them, yes. walking up and down the aisle, fucking right, beating off near him. And shit. <laughs> yes. Right, same thing with Cujo. Right, he Cujo. Tra- Joe. That dog should have been put down where, where ages where? ago. Welcome to... Oh, you go. You were live. Oh, we, we're live. <laughs> oh, shit. We're, we're talking about dogs for a certain reason. It's because of our one-hit wonder a little bit later in the episode. <laughs> but this is the unbalanced note. It's true. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, part of the Multimedia Men podcast. Um, I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm here with the Ginger Ninja. Suing. Suing. I'm suing someone. We hear he fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. <laughs> Thank it's you. not even an ostrich on my shirt, though. <laughs> Flamingo. Yeah. Um, Which one would be better if you had to? If someone was like, "You're either gonna fuck this ostrich or you're gonna fuck this flamingo." The flamingo would look a little more like. Well, the flamingo would probably be easier. It's but pink, it though. would have to be like a sick flamingo or a sick ostrich. A sickly. You probably have to have two people. To no, fuck. but I'm saying like the flamingo looks a little more like pleasant. Yeah, like well, less like ostriches the, 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 are mean. Yeah, yeah, the fucking the pink the flamingo might enjoy it. If you don't get that reference, uh, look up Letter Kenny on Hulu. You'll love it. You'll understand it. Uh, but we're we're here overalls with- and no shirt, dude. That's a fucking good look. <laughs> When's the last time you did that? Have you ever worn all overalls? Being Yes, I, I haven't worn overalls since high school. But yes, yeah. I had. A you had like too. a Jufro too, right? When you had them on. Uh, my my hair like I had more hair, but like it had stuck up. You wasn't like, like big, but like Harold Ramis seventies hair. It was like that. Hell yes. yeah, yes. and in fucking no, but no shirt overalls. That's it. No, I had to wear a shirt in high school with it. I couldn't just wear my oh, hairy yeah, shoulders. No sleeves. Dude, I told Shauna the other day. I was like, I want to wear overalls, and she fucking gave me this look. Like, Do you have overalls? I was gonna go buy them, but I was like, what about corduroy ones? I don't know. Go all out, right? Like, if you're going to look like an idiot, I think overalls look cool. I think they get, for some reason, I don't know why they get a bad rap. I there, like there is a place, uh, a brick and mortar clothing store called Chubby's over off Knox Henderson, and they actually have overall shorts that are oh, the rocker, the dude. American flag. Oh, see, no, I don't, I'm not into that. Why not? Fuck America. Why fuck America? I don't know. America's gr- America would allow me to wear overalls whenever the fuck I wanted. Well, there you go. I think I'm going to get them. I, do you, I, I love overalls. Get, if you get some, I'll get some. And we can be... Oh, did Jinko ever make like overalls? I never owned a pair of Jinkos, but... It's a parachute. You never owned Jinkos? No. I did. I had... <laughs> I think I had like JCPenney's or... Uh, jeans or something Why like that. Why were Jinkos like, ex- were they expensive or something? I bet they were. I never thought about this. Actually. No, no. My poor, par- my poor parents. Jinko jeans were at, I know they sold them at Gadzooks for sure in the mall, which is probably a story nobody knows about anymore. But they were gigantic jeans. Like they were almost like gigantic bell bottom so jeans. Yeah, they were like 70 But like the skaters around. grunge kids wore them. Yeah. And like, 
I considered myself, I mean, I had a skateboard and I listened to that music. I never wore Jinkos, though. I was kind of more like, like I, I dressed the same as I did back then, like Dude, t-shirts and jeans. I'm doing like some weird self-reflecting thing right now. And I can, I'm sitting here thinking about, God, my dad was probably like that dumb motherfucker. Wearing, <laughs> Speaking of you. Right? Yeah. Talking about me wearing those stupid ass pants. Right? He couldn't have been proud of me. He doesn't listen to this, but Dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dad, I'm sorry. I, I want yeah. a pair of jeans well, now. <laughs> if I ever had a kid, right, and then he was like, hey, buy me some Post Malone shit, I would uh, beat the shit out of him. But you know what I mean? But wouldn't be listening to Post Malone. Yeah, but my young. dad probably also thought that his son wouldn't be wearing fucking Jinkos, right? That's so funny. I should wear Jinkos because I was into ICP, but I never did. Yeah, you know, that's weird. I, yeah. Why the fuck didn't you wear them? I, I, I really, I'm telling you. You had to have worn them and you just forgot. I really never had a pair. I really dress in t-shirts or like polos and jeans that most of the time. The shirt is irrelevant to the to the I Jinkos, actually wore dude. vests. Nothing too. Go, nothing goes with Jinkos. I wore leather vests or sweater vests. See, that's what I'm saying. Imagine if you had Jinkos on though. Dude, you'd I be looking, shirts. They'd be like this fucking dude's crazy. This guy this guy's right? nuts. Leather vests and Jinkos. Holy you were like shit. a 90s village person. <laughs> Right, I was bringing it back. You were the fuck. You were the fucking. Well, I don't even. And know. it was funny because I couldn't have facial hair in high school, and I had to shave constantly. Oh well. I was talking about that the other day with my my dad actually about really? yeah about shaving in school because he's like you always had to, you always got in trouble for that and I say yeah I did and they used to give you these really shitty single blade razors they didn't have like a oh yeah and they'd give you like a fucking like a ration size of like. <laughs> You know, like shaving know, shaving yeah. cream, right? And you're like, what? how the fuck am I supposed to use this to remove that? No. Nope. This fucking single blade yellow bit. Like, you've never been to jail or prison before, but it's like a razor. That, the razor that they I got, like, in fucking high school for the, hey, go shave. Go to the bathroom and shave. The, the jail fucking one was better. It was brutal. It was like one of those razors that comes in a bag that chicks use to shave their legs with. Really? Oh, yeah. That's what they give you to... They were, like, trying to teach you a lesson. Because you're, you're going to cut yourself with that thing. Jesus. A 16, 15-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was never sent home for shaving. They tried to send me home for bringing a backpack to school. I was like, I'm not carrying 10-pound 10, 10 books in my hand. No yet. backpack. The, the school tried to implement a no backpack system after uh, 9-11. No, I was out of high school. And Probably Columbine. It was, Col well, was it Columbine? Because that was in, when was that? Uh, that was in the 90s. 90s yeah, yeah 98, so probably something, something like that. I was like, dude, what, what are you talking about? God, what a fucked up thing that was. <laughs> it was. Dude, I, mean, I don't know why we're laughing about it, but God, that's horrible. Like, it is horrible. That was the beginning Having of it all. Happened on 420. Dude. You know what? That That's... One of those moments that's very similar to the fucking chick that, remember, spilled the coffee on her crotch? Oh, yes. Segway into the fucking dude suing Playboy, okay, right? Okay, so... Same shit. That It's like the beginning of the end right there. All right, so in... We're going to try to relate this to music somehow because it's... No, we're not. Show. No, we're not. But we have to bring it up. Um, this is an incredible moment in humanity's uh, existence right here. There is a blind dude who is suing Playboy's website for not being user-friendly to visually impaired. So, people. The blind man says he wanted to read Playboy for the articles, but can't. 
On Wednesday, Donald Dixon, who is legally blind, filed a lawsuit against... I mean, the, the name Donald D- Nixon. Well, and then he wants to read the articles. It's who like, is legally blind, filed a lawsuit against a legendary company's website claiming that it is in violation of the American with Disabilities Act. Uh, both Playboy.com and PlayboyShop.com are allegedly not compatible with Nixon's screen reading software, which allows blind or visually impaired users to read the text with a speech synthesizer or braille display according to the American Foundation for the Blind. Uh, Based on documents obtained, uh, Nixon argued that visually impaired people could not fully and equally use or enjoy the facilities, products, and services of Playboy online. Uh, So, unspecified damages he's seeking. So... No no dollar amount. It doesn't say? No. God damn it. I'd like to know how you come up with the number. Well, what, what an incredible fucking scenario, though, right? Like, just if you just think about it, this blind idiot it, it does, doesn't even want to use Playboy for the right reasons. Like, he wants to read the articles. Come on, dude. You're pissed because you can't look at the screen and jerk off like everyone else. Well, <laughs> well he, he's, I'm serious. He's like the victimhood complex thing. What kind of... I'm not knocking blind people, right? But you think someone's really going to, a blind person's really going to fucking spend their free time reading Playboy articles? I mean, maybe. I don't know, man. I think this is one of those, like, big brother things, right? Where, like, someone's, this guy's being fucking taken advantage of by someone else saying, hey, if we could put you in this scenario here, you got the perfect name for the fucking lawsuit, Donald Dixon. Donald Nixon. Oh, I thought you said Dixon. Donald Nixon. Oh, never mind then. My theory is incorrect. <laughs> Double D. DN. But look, like if you were if you were like deaf, right? Right. And then someone went, "Oh, here, all of a sudden you can hear you can hear now. You can go listen to anything you want." And then you'd be been reading about, you know, like the Beatles or like iconic bands and then you choose to listen to like with your new set of ears. You're going to listen to like Vanilla Ice or something, right? You wouldn't do it. This—that's the equivalent of this blind dude claiming that he reads Playboy. Well, I'm trying to figure out if this guy contacted Playboy several times, like, "Hey, can you do this? Why don't you do yeah, this? Yeah, could you make a pop-up book?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that in um, <laughs> Robin Hood Men in Tights, where they had the Braille oh, yeah. guy, and he's feeling it. Well, what does this guy want, though? Does he like the, the website? He wants money. No, well, that, but he also, it's like, dude, fight fight the good fight and go, you want, the, you want 3D tits on your screen. Like, you want to be able to reach into the screen because you're visually impaired, you know? So it says, since 1990, the ADA has protected individuals with disabilities against discrimination in all areas of life, including employment, school, and private places. According to the ADA National Network website, those who violate the policy can face more than 100 grand in fines. More than 100 grand. So... So 100 grand would be the minimum this guy could get. It's just, you know... (laughs) It's incredible. This is an incredible moment. You know, you're, you're, you're thinking, like, okay, he's suing. Is it really that big of a deal? Like, out of everything that's going on, is this really the problem? And, yeah, he's suing. Maybe this will get Playboy to be, like, we're going to implement a button to, like, it read it to you so you can, you know, read about. Yeah, but see, that's not going to work, though, because this guy obviously wants to read it himself. He doesn't want the fucking audio book. No, he does. That's what he said. He wants he wants a, a speech synthesizer or a braille display. 
Ugh. Which is a, what is a braille display on a computer? It doesn't make sense. No, I don't know. I'm not. Hopefully, I'll never be blind. Visually impaired users to read the text with a speech synthesizer. Or is that what we're supposed to say now? You can't say blind. We have to say visually impaired. I'm saying blind. It's fucking easier. There's yeah. nothing. No shame in being that. Stevie Wonder was blind. Yeah, and so was fucking Cyclops in the X Men. He did fine. Correct. He, he, sure he shot lasers out of his eyes. He did. Um, but it's crazy. But yeah, that's a uh, R.I.P. Stan Lee. R.I.P. Stanley, we love you. Um, moving on from that, um, let's talk about Leonard Cohen. Um, he has a new documentary called Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love. It is going to premiere at the 2019 Sundance Film Festival, uh, along with a David Crosby and Miles Davis documentary. We'll Dude, also premiere yeah, there. that David Crosby documentary has been worked, been in the works for a long, long time, man. That's going to be badass. Look up who's doing that, too. It's someone really fucking good. Who did Almost Famous? Um, I can't think right now. What's his name? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm too high. I'll think of it. But David Crosby's call, Remember My Name, and is directed by A.J. Eaton and co-produced by Cameron Crowe. Cameron Crowe. That, who yeah, did. There you go. Yes. Yeah, and Miles Davis' Birth of the Cool is directed by Stanley Nelson. Dude, that'll be a good one, too, because Miles Davis was an angry motherfucker, man. So Don Cheadle played Miles Davis recently in a movie, and it was excellent. He was insane. Yeah, he he was, dude. Like that's Miles Davis was something else, man. That guy was not of the. He was world. on another. It was on another plane for sure. Yeah, I mean H- Hendrix Hendrix level uh, skill set in mind. But I want to see very, all of these documentaries. <clears throat> oh yeah, they're man. Those are three icons. Yeah, absolutely. So 2019 Sundance Film Festival, we get Leonard Cohen, David Crosby, and Miles Davis doc. Hopefully they'll be out later on. It's crazy to think that the Cross has outlived those two. Like, David Crosby should have been the first one to go. Was he really at Oh, dude, yeah, man. He fucking got, he got arrested in Dallas over by where that Black Eyed Pea is. Or not Black Eyed Pea, Applebee's on Northwest Highway, kind of by Half Price Books, you know? Oh, a, yes, yes. In that yes, shopping yes, strip, yes. there used to be a bar and a venue thing in there, and he got busted with all these guns, all this cocaine, money. He did fucking prison time for... When was this? That was in the 70s, man. I think he did like eight years or something. He was in there for a while. Wow. But he had all this cash, all these handguns, pounds of cocaine. And uh, yeah, dude, CSNY, dude, those guys are fucking... They were like a coke mule. <laughs> I'm serious because like they they would travel. Think about it. They're traveling with road cases and stuff, doing huge rock concerts, right? Then they get promoters involved. People need to stay awake. You know, there's people driving vehicles and stuff. So then you start getting into the drug thing, right? You start doing fuck this weed shit. We want some coke, you know? Yeah. So then they start interacting with these group, this group of people, yeah. right? Fucking drug dealers and weirdos and freaks and shit. Then these people start going, wait a minute, you guys are traveling across the, you know, the U.S. here and we got to move this product here over from New York to California and you guys are going that way. Put it in one of these cases and just take it with you. And then they would just fucking go back and forth. And that's a drug trade, dude. Rockers were involved in that big time. You didn't know that? No. No, yeah, man. CSR? Well, you get managers, dude. You get suits and fucking those people talking about logistics and where money's going dude give them a little fucking give them a little bit of money and a little bit of cocaine it'll be done <laughs> no nah, it won't be done they want more all they want is more of both of it 
they fucking get hungry, right? I want all the money. I want all the coke. They're addicted. No, it's, that's how it goes, dude. It's crazy. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. There you go. Uh, look for those documentaries. Moving on. Brian Eno announces new app uh, called Bloom, 10 Worlds, the 10th anniversary edition of Eno and Peter Chilver's music-making app arrives in December. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you want to... Like, I have a love-hate relationship with Brian Eno. Why? Well, I hate that uh, he's kind of a guy that I wish would have been not embraced technology or computers really to like that point. Mm-hmm. Like if he would have stayed more like analog man. Yeah. Like I think he would have been even more groundbreaking. But I don't know. I mean, it's he was always like into the advancement of his sounds and shit, right? Like he went from doing Roxy music to like taking Tiger Mountain and then like music for airports. Like fucking, he did a soundtrack for the Apollo landing, like on the moon. Right. And it's just, it doesn't even, it just sounds like someone like just air going by. It's like not even really musical. It's just all this ambient textured shit. Yeah. So it's, and then he's like produced a bunch of U2 albums. It's weird. Yeah. So that's like, all over the place. Though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, some of this stuff is really, really awesome, but he did this, he had this card game. A uh, card game? Oh, it's not a game, I guess. You'll have to look it up. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like some, like it, he like created his own like musical language or something like that. What? Yeah. It's, if you just type like Brian Eno cards. That's what I'm just trying to do. It's a really weird name. I can't believe I can't think of it Brian right now. Brian Eno cards. Yeah. Oblique strategies. That's it. Oblique strategies. Yeah. Okay. And they're like each card tells you something like statements or something. It's really fucking weird. It weird. I I like Brian Eno. Yeah, he's cool. So this app is a music app that can be downloaded on your mobile devices, and it allows the users to create music simply by touching the screen. Uh, the new edition features a wider variety of sounds and artwork. Um, yeah, I guess if you're into that. Brian Eno and... The blips and the bloops. Yes. Bleep, bloop, bleep, bloop, blop, bloop. Uh, Fucking rock and roll, dude. Guitars. Do you remember a band, The Hives? Oh, I love The Hives. They have just announced a 2019 tour in the U.S. They're touring with someone else pretty good, Refused. Yeah, Refused. I've never heard of Refused. They they have one called Shape of Punk to Come. It's really good. It's good? Yeah, that's that's the only good music they have, though. So, The Hives. Am I correct in saying that they sang that I'm Going to Get Free? No, that's Jet. No, that's not Jet. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna get... Oh, that's the Vines. The Vines. Yeah. I'm thinking of something No, dude, different. the Hive is the fucking... The, I've seen those guys numerous times. They're badass, dude. They're good? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're really good. And uh, they all have cool name, like stage names, like Chris Dangerous and Mikey... Mikey Ben... <laughs> I'm serious. Like, they, they're, they're cool. They're rockers. They're from Sweden. So... Would you see them if they came through? I Dallas? saw them at the. I, I saw them on their first tour, like through Dallas. They played at the Gypsy Tea Room in like two thousand four. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, it's, I don't know if I have the year right, but it was. I was. I was probably eighteen or eighteen or nineteen. Um, and they played. They had on like all white suits. Yeah, all white. Everything actually. Their amps. Their guitars. And they came on like 30 minutes late and the singer came out and he's like, I'm the fucking asshole you've been fucking waiting on. And then they, the whole band just like hit at once. I would, I never saw like Iggy Pop in his prime, but to me it was like, dude, these guys are like the Stooges. 
Really? They're badass, dude. I love the hype. So would you consider them straight punk or would they... No, I think they're more of a rock... They're just like a rock and roll band. They did that song, See the Robot Walk, dude. They're, you, you'll recognize a lot okay. of their music, dude. They're, they're like the, when the Strokes hit. Yeah. They To me, the Hives were like the better version of what the Strokes, the mass-produced, overproduced shit was. Okay. The Strokes, I love the Strokes, too, but the Hives were like more... It's weird because they sounded more American than the Strokes did. The Strokes, to me, always sounded like they were trying too hard to be British. Where the okay. Hives, I think, were from Sweden... And they sounded like the fucking Stooges and like the MC5. Yeah, I'm really trying to remember the Hive songs because I just remember it. I'm gonna get free. Yeah, that's the Vines. Is it anything uh, similar? Not at all. Well, kind kind of that like drunken swagger, like Stones vocal thing. Okay. Like it just sounds like rock and roll. Right. But more it's not. Not well. I don't know. I mean the the Vines were like a blip and then they're gone right like they right. they they were they were kind of like a british version trying to be like the british like nirvana to me like it was just too fucking redundant okay. you know and the hives wrote these really cool fucking like quick kind of kink sounding songs a little yeah. bit they're they're man i would totally go see them again they did an album too a few years ago and like someone really bizarre produced it uh like Danger Mouse or something like that. <laughs> or like CeeLo Green or, or something bizarre. I like how they said that it's their neck, their upcoming tour said it'll be a boat short of a Viking invasion. Yeah, like one of the one I mean, of the guys' names is Nicholas Arson. Like their stage names are, are incredible. Yeah. Cool. And they always wear suits. Like they, they look identical. and They're great, man. I've, I've seen okay. them like three or four Three or four times. All right. They're playing, um, let's see, Columbus, Philadelphia, Chicago, St. Louis. Get to Dallas, dude. I'm looking. I'm going to get them to oh, play. Oh, they're playing at Lawrence, Kansas at Liberty Hall. Get them Fuck to, yes. I'm going to get them to play at good records, dude. Denver, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and that's all they have right now. I would go Nowhere to, uh, in the south. Lawrence, Kansas, man. That's where I went to school. Yeah. How far How far is that drive? 500 miles, about six and a half, eight hours. It's not bad. I've been Liberty Hall is like it's similar. It's a much shittier version, a little smaller version of um, the Granada. No, smaller than the Granada. Well, it's not like the Granada because they have a Granada in Lawrence, but they're not playing there. Liberty Hall is um, oh, shit. What's the theater in downtown? The Majestic. Yes, I was just there. Yes, just like that. The Planet Theater is interesting. That's badass, dude. I'm telling you, like, if you go see that, if you if you find yourself up there, the hives are playing in a city near you, and you want to just go to a fucking good rock show, go to that, dude. You'll get sweaty, you'll get drunk, and you'll fucking get laid. No, yeah. no doubt about it. That why isn't that not on the fucking album? It probably poster? is. It probably is, dude. You'll get I'm, sweaty, you'll get stoned, and you'll get laid. I'm so, if, when you go listen to them, like when you listen to their yeah. music when we're done with this, you'll go, oh, okay, now I get it. Like it's it's not clicking to you right now, but it, it will, dude. They're they're really fucking good. Good deal. Um, moving on, I have to mention this. I have the soundtrack on vinyl already, but they're getting a reissue. The Warriors, that classic 80s gang movie Warriors Warriors It's getting a brand new re-release from Waxwork Records and it's excellent uh, if you don't already have this find it it's kind of it's sort of difficult to find you see it here in and the there, city right? 
Right, and that Joe Walsh is on that soundtrack, yes. isn't he? That is a damn, damn good uh, record. Finally getting re-released. Um, they did it a couple of years ago. It's going to be double LP, too. Yeah, this was a double LP, because there was a version that was like for... Well, the in- one I have is the sing- like the like just the single version. Like the, it's like they got the characters on the front of it. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. There's a version that has a W spray painted on it with, oh, with a cool. spray paint that I think has an extra record or something. Really? Yeah. There's a color variant, all kinds of different colors. And if you haven't seen that movie, it's so good. And I'm surprised. If you haven't seen that movie, kill yourself. If <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen that movie, surprisingly, it has not been remade because I feel like it could be remade. Hey, they're gonna remake Rocky with like an all female cast. Oh, uh, I'm out. Right? Do you think it'll happen? Oh. Oh, I hope not. R O C K I. Uh, right. <laughs> Note the date and time. I bet it happened. Right. Note the date and time. It is full thirty-seven <laughs> in the AM. It's not four. <laughs> God, I wish it was four. It's getting fucking dark early. Shit sucks. Yeah, it's super early here. It's like four thirty. <laughs> PM. PM. Um, also, I got a mention of Shout out Mondo MondoTees.com. They just released uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night soundtrack and Castlevania Rondo of Blood. They sound excellent. If you remember Symphony of the Night video game, holy shit, all the great synths and 8-bit stuff. It's all in there on double LP 180 gram. It looks clean. It, the artwork's great, and it's fantastic. What movie was that? I spaced out. What'd you say? Castlevania. Oh, Castlevania. S- Symphony of the Night video game, and then Castlevania Rondo of Blood. And both come out from Mondo. I you know, spaced out. Hey, I did. I spaced out, dude. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what movie is fucking has a killer soundtrack that has Tom Waits in it, who's not on the soundtrack. One from the heart. Bram Stoker's Dracula. He's not on a soundtrack. He's in the movie. Correct, he is. In the That's movie. why I said a soundtrack that he's not on, but he's in the movie. Because it's like this classical composer dude right. named like Klaus Wilshire or something like that. It wasn't, no, I guess it wasn't um, shit Philip Glass. No, it's not Philip Glass. Because okay. this fucking soundtrack to that movie, to Bram Stoker's Dracula, dude, up. it is so fucking good. I... That's I've a only, great movie. Yeah, I've only seen it a couple times online for sale. I oh, it's, yeah, it's very expensive. Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula soundtrack. Brahms ice cream. It's <laughs> Brahms. <laughs> Brahms. Dude, there's, a, man, there's a lot of fucking tits in that movie. What is? In, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, dude. Bram Stoker or Bram Stoker? It's Stoker. It is. Stro- I, was, I like to say Stroker because it's like... It's like the Billy Squire song. Yes, it is. Bram Stoker's Dracula, 1992, and the music was by Wojcik Kilar. Yeah, that's it. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know. And Tom Waits played R.M. Renfield. Yeah, he's that fucking like guy in the. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. That's um, a great movie, dude. If if you like Tom Waits, um, there is a brand new movie on Netflix called uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And it is directed by the Coen Brothers, and it's an anthology western. Tom Waits has his own segment, and he sings in it, and it is fantastic. I thought it was like five short stories. Man, it's an anthology western, or six stories, actually. Okay. So they're all different. Right. And it's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I, I added it on my Netflix. I just haven't started it's watching excellent. it yet. There's, yeah. a, there's musical stuff. I heard it was really depressing. good. Oh, it's, it's, one of, it's in the top five of the year, for sure. But Tom Waits... Is it better than Sorry to Bother You? Oh, that movie with uh, Lakeith Sanfield. Yeah. That's a great movie. Great, really? You didn't like that? 
Eh, eh. He didn't like it, folks. He did not like not it. Not into identity politics. No. Then I like capitalism. I like capitalism. Yeah, I mean, that movie's anti-capitalism. So I'm, I'm like, kind of instantly out. All right. We have to talk about, since it just happened, Record Store Day. RSD. How do you feel about Record Store Day nowadays? Do you think they should change? Do you think they should stay the same? What do you think? Do you think it's a crock of shit? No, it's cool. Like, I like it. I, I think they need to get, like, the s- more stores involved. Or, like, get they need to have, like, different people choosing the releases, I guess. Because some of the things that they're releasing, I'm like, man, like... There's so many other great albums that should be getting to see the light of day again instead of, like, some weird limited edition Taylor Swift record, Mm -hmm. which there was two of that came out this year. And I I get why they do it, because then they're trying to get, like, young people to go to, like, a record store, you know? But just make that album all year, because you'll sell a lot more of them. Right. You know, why would you only make 3,000 of that? You you could sell 30,000 of them true it's all about limited editions there yeah but you can fucking say any you can say limited edition of 20,000 there you go yeah you can. I mean whatever like it I, I don't know I, I think it's it's cool it's a great idea do you think I'm trying to think of what would you change about it other than that like I wouldn't do it on Black Friday would you just do it once a year like I, in April I would still do it twice a year but I wouldn't, like, Black Friday is busy anyway. Like, it's great for stores because then you're just that much busier and it's a, you got to spend a lot of money up front to, like, make money, though. You know, you, right. they don't just give out shit. Right. You know, you got to buy product and stuff. So it's kind of one of those, uh, you're prepared for it, you know, like when it, you know the wave's coming, you right. know, but it's still going to wash over you, like, a little bit because it's, it's. A lot One of, of the questions I answer a lot every year about Record Store Day, twice a year, is, especially on Black Friday, is like, oh yeah, it's Record Store Day, they, independent stores get it, and they get records, they get releases, and stuff like that, and they're like, oh yeah, but are they discounted, are they like on sale? Because you do Black Friday, you hear sale, like, full, that's why I tell people, like, full price sale, like, get excited, woohoo! You're supporting Andy, so interestingly enough, what do you think about this? I, uh... That's why I wouldn't do it on Black Friday. Because people would, you know, talk about it. Yeah, figure it out. But so, movie trading company slash vintage stock—they sell records. They used to do Record Store Day, but the Record Store Day company that runs all that uh, said they couldn't do it anymore because they were too big of a franchise. What do you think? That's what do you think about that? Do you think it should only be like indie stores? Yeah, I think it should be. All right, so no, not like Best Buy doing Record Store Day or half price books. They don't even carry music anymore. Best Buy is like. I don't know, man. They should have never... Like, there's certain things that you should... Like, Best Buy is basically kind of the blueprint for Amazon, just in, like, a... a not brick-and-mortar store. Yeah. Like, they they try to encompass everything. instead. That's why you don't have cool, unique stores anymore. It's because they places started going, we're just put it all under this fucking roof, right? <laughs> fucking Walmart, right? <laughs> and then you, you instantly... Like, you create fucking that... Walmart. You create that divide of, like... People that just want to be, like, consumers and then people that want to actually, like, get into music. It's like books. Same fucking thing. When you remember, like, Bookstop and places like that. Right. Wall like, books. And yeah. Stuff like it's like you didn't need those things. It was still cool to go to, like, a, your local fucking bookstore. Maybe you have to wait a week to get it or whatever, but 
there was that like personality thing that had a personable thing that happened right. and people people were a lot more kind of like i don't know i don't want to say people were nicer and more genuine until the big box things happened because i think that's probably an absurd comment to make or try to generalize maybe but those best buys started to take like the human interaction out of it they were just trying to get you in and out and buying shit right like right. they were blowing out cds because they thought you know, Johnny Fuckface put foil in the microwave again, and you got to buy a new fucking microwave. Well, yeah, that, they are, they're not making it Best Buy. Blown actually were under under value. cost. Yeah, yeah under cost, they, but they made their money on wires and yeah. appliances. And people don't fucking stop and tr- figure that out. They go, "Boom, fucking cheaper." I mean, fuck. it's like, well, there's a reason. Like, <laughs> what, what do you somewhere. what do you think the markup? Like, what do you think it really costs to make a refrigerator? A couple hundred bucks. Yeah, I would say like maybe two hundred. Yeah, right. And then you go buy it. It's like two grand. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they're gonna whore out CDs all fucking day, dude. Get you in there, and you're it's like, oh, I need this too. Chocolate, man. Yeah. Like it's not even really chocolate, and I'm eating the shit out of it. You are. You need some Hershey's. <laughs> Milky Way, dude. I ain't eating no Hershey's. <laughs> I don't like Hershey's. Uh, and then he eats one. Uh, it's a milky fucking way. <laughs> I don't um, like Hershey's. I, everyone out there, I don't like them. So with this past record store day, what were the like the few best releases? We put out a record. Absolutely. So good records put out a their first record for record store day. Um, That's not true. Well, their first big. Like full album. Yeah, because Tim put out. Tim had the preteen Zenith. Oh, that's right. Came out, and that's a really good record. So they put out live at the Astro Turf. Alice Cooper, uh, Kimbrell did the artwork, right? Yeah, Kimbrell did the art. Or did he, he did. Did he do the record too? Like, no, we didn't do the record. And I don't. Damn it! This is gonna suck because I'm high and I'm not sure exactly what he did. But Jonathan, yeah, had a good, a big hand in like the production and producing part of it like right. the, the aesthetic of, yeah it looks awesome i, I can't oh, believe dude. i didn't get a copy but i know you have more yeah we still have them it's, yeah. i told chris i was like man this is like one of the best packaged records but it's such a pain like because it comes in a bag there's a pink bag ziploc bag yeah but it's right. badass yeah oh yeah it's killer but i'm like man it's it'd be it'd be cool if like you could get the record out without having to get it out of the bag i guess you could turn it in there you know but right i don't want to wear the corners on it the it's one of the best sounding records, like I think sonically across the board. I've heard it's really live like, album. Yeah, and yeah. It, you know, it's it was there's some there were some overdubs that had to be done just because those guys never played with they didn't practice with Alice Cooper the night before, right? And they haven't played together since I think the ninety like ninety seven I think was the last time they played together. Yeah, so there was a couple of things you know, but. Fucking, that's rock and roll, dude. Like, that that's one of the most rock and roll moments I think I've ever been a part of. The whole experience of, like, having a hand and, like, helping it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and those that guys, happened, like, a, over a year ago. No, right? it was, like, three years ago. It was in 2015. October of 2015. Was it that long ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then a year went by, and then that following... Or they did. You did the single. Yeah, we did the forty-five. Yeah, which I don't. I think they came out a year later, and then this previous year went by, and then here we are now, and the record that. record comes out, and it's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, dude. I'm telling you, it it fucking sounds. It sounds really, really fucking good. That was a great one. There was a live Roy Buchanan album. He's a guitar player. Huge yeah. influence on like Jeff Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he there was like a three three LP live thing that came out. There was a Grateful Dead. Uh, Did you get it in? Because I didn't get it. Yeah, they're up there. I meant to text you today. Sorry. Damn it! It's 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 at the store for you. Hold it for but me. But it's like the, their longest, like uninterrupted version of uh, playing in the band. You know, it's it's like, in, it was in Seattle, right? I think uh, it's in Seattle. I think it's I think it's Oregon. Is it Oregon or Seattle? I thought it was I don't Seattle. It's called like playing in the band. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. The cover's great. Yeah, I can't wait. I love that shit. Um, it's their P, that PA system. The one that I haven't listened to yet that I picked up was Duke Ellington plays a soundtrack to Mary Poppins. Yeah, that's, sounds- dude, that'll be better. Did you get the Emmett Otter? No. Oh, fuck, dude. Those things are selling for like $80 now. Really? I've never seen that movie. Chris was like, how the fuck have you never seen that? No, no I didn't, I didn't get that one. I didn't get any soundtracks. I got the Adam Sandler, What the Hell Happened to Me. Yeah. Uh, you held... Uh, Insane Clown Pops. Oh, yeah, dude. You gotta get, gotta get the ICP. Well, apparently there's two different versions of that, too. Really? So either you got one where the face is more orange mm-hmm. and the flames are yellow, and the the alternate cover is the reverse of that. So the face is more yellow and the flames are orange. Okay. So you gotta get the... Gotta get, you gotta we only get, got the same of the covers. Okay. One, a guy came in. I guess you could, we could call him a juggalo. Uh, <laughs> he came in. He called, actually, and he was like, hey, man... I've been going all over around town. I'm trying to get me and my girlfriend the the ICP record. Do you have it? And I say, yeah, man, we got it. I'm like, dude, can you put it behind the counter for me, man? I'm, I'm coming to get it. I like, yeah, dude, I got you. So I put him behind the counter, and he's like, he was so excited to get him. He's like, man, will you take my picture so I can send it to her? Because she doesn't believe that I found him. I was like, yeah, man, I got you. And so on his phone, right before I took the photo, I went, uh, don't say cheese. Say, like, whoop, whoop. And he went <laughs> it real loud in the store, right? <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> it was awesome, dude. He totally got it, because it, but then he went, are you a fan? And I said, uh, no, uh, this I mean, asshole I'm friends with. Well, is. no, I, then, then I've told him, I said, hey, well, I have, I have an idea, like, I want to go to the gathering one oh year, my God. but like, I don't want them, to, I don't want them to see me for, you know, what could be like, oh, this guy's just here for the fucking freak show, right? Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want him to think I was in there like Michael Moore and, you know, whoring him out, like trying to expose him and make fun of him and shit. I think that's like a weird, uh, like a subculture that I don't know anything about that I don't really know if I want to know anything about, but I definitely want to like experience it because it's, I mean, I liked about it before. I like drugs and stuff. Right. But that seems like a very high, like drug culture thing. Yeah. That I'm like, I'd like to see how these people function around each other. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, you have a fucking, you got a, oh yeah, this is what you got from, oh, this is killer. This fucking compilation. No. Yeah. The feeling right Saturday night, which I have no idea. The Rick and Anthony, the Rick and who is it? A lot of these people you won't know. I mean, it, it looked awesome. So I had to get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, CKY. Hey, do you remember Bum Fights? Yes, I do remember Bum I, Fights. I was talking to someone about that today. Is that the alternate cover, the Jekyll Brothers? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. There, There's two different covers. Oh, so, so we don't know which one that is. Well, it's one of the two. Okay. Is it one the, more The alternate limited? just means it's the alternate version. Color. Okay, yeah. so red and yellow, yellow and red. Okay. Right. Cool. Idiot. I, I don't know what you're fucking saying. Are you, I already told you. I said, one is, what, is the, what color is the face? Orange, and the flames are yellow. I said the, the alternate version is the face is yellow, the flames are orange. Or red. But know. do you know which one is the alternate? They're both alternate. No. It's, a, <laughs> it's uh, 50-50, fucker. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if it was like 
80-20 or something like that. Why would they do that? I don't know. What I mean, okay. To to ask you the question about Black Friday, what would what would possibly be the benefit of doing it that way? So Mondo does something similar where they'll like release like let's say five thousand of the regular cover cover, but release three hundred of the alternate cover. So it just makes it more. That's idiotic. It makes people buy it. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. charge more for yeah. it. Yeah. Dude, do you see what some of that shit sells for? Like people flip for on like eBay hundreds, and shit? I have, yes. Hundreds of dollars. Yes. No. It's ridiculous. Like, I think they have a hand in it. Oh, for sure. They don't care who buys it. No, I, th- I don't think they're actually selling them. I think they say they're for sale. They send them out to a few people. They hold on to them. Then they fucking run the market. No, they, they, they only, they're limited editions of like 300. I know, but what I'm saying is just because they say there's limited edition of 300, they're not going to say... Of course, they're going to go, we sold out all of them. Mm-hmm. They could have only sold 80 of them. Right, correct. Kept the other ones, and then yep. they just sell them online. I think a lot of that happens. I, I wouldn't put it past them. That's why I don't buy Mondo stuff. See, that's why that's what's cool about good records. If anyone's listening to this and they like want to find the best record store to go to on record store day, Chris doesn't buy records, and Alex doesn't listen to good music. So, <laughs> so I'm the only like I'm the only one that really buys like the record store day stuff that's an employee there. And I don't, I don't flip any of it. Well, I just why would you? Yeah. Well, I'm just like, dude, I have a cool job and I get to amass like really cool records for a fraction of the price it would cost most people because I get the benefit of cost. Right. I get to pay cost for them. Right. You know, it's like a, every job's got perks, you know? Yeah. So I've just slowly over time like amassed this really cool like collection. Yeah, and I, I could find really... I don't need to go, oh, I, I never see this right. I need to buy it right now. You know, I can play the waiting game and things will just kind of come in, you know? Yeah. It's weird. Like, I'll be thinking of a band. I'm like, man, I, I really need a better version of this Cactus album. And then, like, two weeks later, someone will come in. They're like, oh, I, got this, I got all these records in the car I want to sell. And then, bam, there's that record sitting on top. Awesome. You're like, oh, cool. <clears throat> I like it. But yeah, I, man, I like Record Store Day. A lot of people rail on it, but... I, I'm there twice a year. At the fucking... You know at it. this point in the world where we're at, if, to get people to get out of the house and fucking do anything... Yeah. I'm for it. I, I enjoy it. I'm like the Pokemon, the Pokemon. Pokemon Go. Right? Yes, yes. I wasn't going to play that game, but I went, man, I sure see a lot more people outside now. You, you did. <laughs> I mean, at least they're moving around. Granted, some of them are getting killed, but Darwinism, right? Like... Sometimes you just gotta make space for the next person. It's good shit. All right. Did you play Pokemon Go? I did not. Look me in the eye and say that. I did not. I looked away. He looked away. I I never did. I never downloaded it. Never got into it. I did. Well, I didn't. I made someone else download it. You did it. You know you did. I didn't download it on my phone. I most certainly did not. I played The Simpsons. That's it. Shauna fucking showed me this app called OfferUp. And I got addicted, oh, I got addicted to it, and then I deleted it the other day. I said, Did you God. selling shit or buying No, shit? I was looking for shit I didn't need. Like, I started out going, oh, I bet there's, like, some cool guitar stuff on here, which there was not. And then I start looking at, like, oh, these candle holders are cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this weird this bread basket I need. Yeah, yeah, fucking glove holder. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even know I needed that, but I sure don't. This person only wants $3 for it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm serious. Uh, oh my Have you God. ever used that thing? What, a glove holder? No, offer up. No. It's frightening. I don't do it. Don't Every do it. once in a while, if I pass by and I'm in the area of an estate sale, I'll run in and see if there's any cool shit. That's different. That That's like Black That's like Black Friday record store day. You know what's happening. You go, I'm going to go check out what's going on. You don't look on the fucking computer. Nope. And see what's there. That's stupid. <laughs> They're only showing you what they want to show you anyway. True. There's Wizard of Oz, dude. Those people were not even... None of that even happened. What? Dorothy fell in the field and she breathed in all that shit after the fucking tornado. <laughs> the poppies. Yeah. She had a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Both literally It's the and same thing as Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Like, that's the same movie. Eat me and drink me. Yeah. But people bought it too. Thought it was real. It is real. The guy mind. behind the curtain. <laughs> you think they're flying monkeys? Yeah. Easy. Women dying by water. Death by Aqua. Uh, death by Aqua. Barbie Girl. Barbie Girl. Okay. Speaking of Aqua Barbie Girl, we're moving on to our one-hit wonder that has nothing to do with it. This year. This this week. This year. Um. We talked about it earlier on in the episode right when we started. It's about dogs. Yeah, and who let them out? Who let them out? Who let the dogs out? Who? By who? 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 <laughs> who? Do you remember who sung it? The Baja Men. Baja Men. The Baja Men, correct. It was released in July 26, 2000 and recorded in 1999. Damn, the new millennium that happened. <laughs> Y2J. So... Who Let the Dogs Out was written by a Trinidad artist named Anselm Douglas. Hey! Um, I'm going to look him up right now. Anselm Douglas. I might be related to this guy. Trinidad. You might. Uh, he, yeah. He, <laughs> he has some funny discography stuff. But, uh, yeah, he wrote that song. Oh, God. So... This song was originally recorded under the title simply called Doggy. Um, oh, God, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. Baja Men member Dyson Knight explained to Vice how the band came to record the song. The manager of the Baja Men at the time heard a version of a song from Europe. He called uh, the bandmate Isaiah and told him about it's an absolute must that the Baja Men record that song because they had the vibe to make it a huge hit. Um, Dude, that's sounds- Isaiah heard the song and he said, "No fucking way in hell we're recording that song." Yeah, dude, that song's crushing through the whole thing, man. Management had the vision. The Baja men were very reluctant, but the group went in and recorded anyway. <laughs> Douglas himself admitted that the song has nothing to do with dogs and actually has a feminist theme. Oh, really? I thought it was a clever way to get kids to like let their dogs out. <laughs> In an interview that was published on his website, he said, It's a man-bashing song. I'll tell you why. The lyric of the song says, The party was nice. The party was pumping. When I said the word party, I was being metaphorical. Uh, It really means things were going great. The yippee-yay-yo, that's everybody's happy, right? And everybody's having a ball. Life was going great. Until the men start the name-calling and the girls respond to the call. So the men start calling the woman skank and skettle. Every dirty word you can think of, the men started the name calling and the girls responded to the call. And then the women shouts out, who let the dogs out? And we start calling men dogs. Wait, it's really man bashing. That's the lyrics to the song? Yep. 
I forget there's verses in these shit songs sometimes, <laughs> right? Like, I, I sit and go, oh, yeah, I forget. That's only the chorus. I legit thought it was about letting actual pet so dogs So Like, I'm not really that excited. Now it's a feminist song. Right. God, how fitting. <laughs> this is 2018 in a nutshell. My mind is blown right now that that song isn't about letting. I mean, I love I love how the guy tried to explain it though. It's like no, no, no. On the surface, you think it's about letting dogs out, yeah, but it's, it's actually not. about Lorena Bobbitt, <laughs> right? And then he's like, who the fuck would know that? It's like, oh yeah, this Thanksgiving song is actually about Valentine's Day. It doesn't make any sense. That I don't give a fuck what that Wikipedia said. What fucking page says. This song is about letting your dogs out. And, <laughs> Sometimes and it, you gotta let your dogs yeah, out. And it's about having a good time while you're doing it. The dogs talking, woof woof. Right, I've, and all isn't like oh the only music in that song is just like bells going off. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Bing 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 bing. Right? <laughs> it's like different. It's like Mike Oldfield tubular bells, but it's fucking. Bing. Oh my god. Um, what an incredible fucking song, though, right? Like, that thing took over. Everyone started wearing lime green shirts. It made the top billboard charts every country, basically. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that is an inter- that's what you call an international success. Oh. Not Nickelback. Like, Nickelback is like a fucking a national thing. Right. Like, I don't think Nickelback blew up, like, in Asia. <laughs> Maybe they did. I, I could be wrong. This song was th- everywhere. This, this song swept the fucking world, man. It, it really it, did. It, it was like the Macarena. Yes. But there was like no dance to it, was there? Mm-hmm. You fucking get up out of your chair, you walk over the door, and you let that goddamn dog out. And I'm going to show you that was the, the cover of the fucking It looks like Cool singles. Runnings. Oh, it's a dog laying yeah. on a beach, basically. I, I, look know? up what the album cover looks like, though, for the album itself that it was on. Because I swear they weren't. It's like Cool Runnings, but they're in like a. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Cool Run, Cool Runnings. No, I thought they had on like uh, really bright colors. You know how like on the yeah, yes, the red and green. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought they had on like weird funky shirts and shit. So the single, the the the, the cover art is an actual wiener dog. I think it's a wiener dog laying with sunglasses on a beach on a lawn chair. Yeah, he's not on a beach though. He's just laying on a pool. Pool, I guess so. Like pool furniture. It's very weird. He's got sunglasses on too. This song's been used everywhere in tons of ESPN sports stuff, college. Oh, campuses. dude, you go to a sporting event, you're gonna hear that fucking yeah. song. Like you're also gonna hear like you know the Stones, like "Start Me Up." Right. You'll hear like uh, Metallica. But when you hear this song and they play that, don't you just you're, you have to sing along with it. I bet, I bet bad dog owners hate that song every time they hear it. Who they let go, the dog Because then they out? go, fuck, I left. I'm being selfish right now, and I didn't, leave my, I didn't let my dogs out. This song went on to win Grammy for Best Dance Recording on the 2001 Grammy Awards. Wow, that song won a fucking Grammy. <laughs> they, you know what? Here, to put, that, to, to put that into perspective for you, <laughs> guess how many Grammys Led Zeppelin won? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Like, let that sink in. No, absolutely. And wait a second. Our main event today is Frank Zappa. He only won one single Grammy, and it was for none of the albums I own. It was for his... orchestra thing? It was for his classical orchestra album. Yeah. I'm surprised. Didn't he, like, create some... He caused some scene when he went up there, too. I'm trying to remember. He did. I'm sure he did something. 
But you know, this 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 is so crazy. But in addition to all its success, it was like critically panned by everybody. Yeah, it made everybody's worst song ever, basically. Oh, that see, that's that's the thing though. When we talk about the Toadies, right? Like that is that's a different level of not for me. <laughs> I, had to, I had to clean that up real quick. Why? I know a couple of those guys, and they're not bad people. I just don't like the music. But um, this is one of those moments, though. Where, <laughs> clean that up. Fuck you. No, no. Don't clean it up. I don't want to. Why are you censoring yourself? You've been censored yourself this and Because I don't want to. I'm trying to be better about just railing on shit. I don't. It's I not can the just say. New Year I yet. just want to say. I just want to say that it's just not for me. You big pussy. <laughs> whatever dude that's called being I'm just being nice he's a sweet man here sitting across from me now I don't even remember what I was talking about god damn it he said Tony's are I was for you I was gonna make fun of him and then I didn't <laughs> I, dera- I derailed myself if you could see him uh, he really was on a tirade and he really just like oh I can't do this yeah I can't now you fucking <laughs> Popped a hole in the balloon. You no, you did. No, oh, you would have just let me go and be nice. I, what? You wanted me to be angry and fucking say that like that's the most redundant sounding shit I've ever heard. <laughs> what I, this song or the toadies? Toadies. It is. But the Baja. Okay, I know what I was saying. The Baja Men song though is like <laughs> dads got into that because they went. You know what? This song is so stupid and dumb. Whatever. It's easy to ignore. It is like, and it, but it has that all major key thing that's happening. Like, it, it always sounds like the song is just going up. Yes, and your head is just <laughs> like the whole time you're just fucking like, into it. It's not, is it a dance song? Do you play in a dance club? It's not a dude boy song see, for fraternities. Okay. It's not. A, what is it? So it came out in two thousand. Yes, right. Skating rinks were like the thing. I guess still. You heard yeah. that a lot. Probably. Oh yeah, I mean. Then like that, you know, Soul Asylum, like Runaway Train. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you would hear, but like this song is like made for islands, like it's calypso no, in a way. No, it has it's like not. the steel drums. Okay, that if it's islands, no one needs to let the fucking dogs out. Well, where are the dogs gonna go? They could just already be outside. Why would you leave a dog inside on an island? That's dumb. I don't know. It needs to run around, be free and shit. There's no traffic on an island. It, are, are the Baja Men still making albums? I hope not. The Baja Men. I bet they. I bet two of them. I bet two of them committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally like 25 members of the Baja Men. Oh Holy my goodness! Shit. Really? It took 25 people to write that song. Well, no. There's like so like current members one two three four five six seven eight nine, and there's like 10 past members. Wait, they they're still going? Yes. Damn. I'm looking for their discount. Do they have songs like Who Wipes the Dog's Feet? Their most recent album was in 2015 called Ride With Me. The last one was Holla. 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 <clears throat> and it was it's in tons of movies. But look, the, the point I was trying to make about that song, though, is that you can. that's one of those songs where you can go, that song sucks, but I like it. You like it. Because you can remember a point in your life where like, you can remember how that happened, and then you go, God... We really haven't gotten much better, have we? I guess not. It's interesting. I just I just found this out. The Baja Men have been around since 1985, and they never had a hit until 2000 with "Who Let the Dogs Out." I wonder if they ever. And it's great that they were like, "Fuck no, we're not doing this." 
Yeah, and it's, it fucking propelled them into stardom. <laughs> right? Like, I wonder if they ever toured with the Weather Girls. Two tons of fun. Is that it? Two tons of fun? Yes. I, you don't. You wish, right? Think about that. They had a they had an album in 1998 called Doom Spank. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, that that yielded no hits. In 1987, they released a fucking album called High Voltage. Hey, how many copies of that did they sell? Of uh, Bahamut? Yeah, Bahamut. And then dogs out. Yeah, and then go to YouTube, and I wonder. I wonder how many because that there's got to be a music video for it. Who let the dogs out? How many do you think? I bet it sold. God, well, wait a minute. We got to really think on this though, because it's international. This is fucking worldwide. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna take a guess. It's, my guess is gonna be seventy million worldwide. Oh my god. So I have to. I have to find this. I know. In simply just the UK, they sold over seven hundred fifteen thousand of them. Just the UK. Seven hundred and fifty thousand in the UK. Yes. Only. Oh, geez, it's gonna be more than seventy million then. Um, how many? So, God, how many people were in China then? I bet that I bet it was huge there. I'm serious, right? Because they were like, "Fuck yeah, we don't have to eat these things anymore." <laughs> <laughs> right? They were like, "Let these dogs out. We'll take care of them." Many who let the dogs out albums. There's a lot of material for the ACLU on this program. That's so good. How much money artists really make from one-hit wonders? That's not what we need to know at all. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look. Units sold, dude. Go, I mean, Units sold. God. Good God, man. And the internet was around then too. We could see how many illegal downloads it had on Kazaa. Sales. Who let the dogs out? Sold over three million copies in the United States, becoming certified triple platinum. Okay, three million in the U.S. Um, it was a theme song for Rugrats in Paris. A theme song for the New York Mets playoff. <laughs> God, that sounds tough. Went Don't pick Motorhead. They like won AC a Grammy. Um, God, that's like power fucking peewee football song, not a fucking goddamn professional. Sport. So the guy who wrote the song, I guess the guy who wrote the song only got paid five hundred grand, which I guess is pretty good, dude. If you, you if someone gave me five hundred thousand dollars to write some stupid song like that, I'd go. Thank you. Would who you like another? Dogs out. Units sold. He said unit. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna score. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, it just brings me back to Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, you remember too. why they got canceled? Well, they came back for a season. Yeah, or two. but why they originally got canceled? Why did they get canceled again? Some fucking numbnutted idiot. They were playing with fire on the show. Oh, that's right. And then right. the kids started kid, playing yes. fire. He burned down his trailer park. I, I do remember that. I, he said, I, I did it because I was watching that Butthead Crevice show. <laughs> butthead Crevice soul. Yeah, you remember there was an episode. of score. Remember that episode where they fucking go to school and they're like, they want to say they're foreign exchange students, but Beavis says they're extra strange students. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they change they change their names to Crevice and Bunghole. Yes. Or Bunghead, I think. That was pretty good. That's a good one, dude. I always remember when they went to... Um, I wonder if they ever watched the Baja Men music video. Oh, we didn't Beavis and that. Well, look, be up the, look up the YouTube video, because I, I better see how many views it has. Okay, uh, who let the dogs out? I bet it's a billion. All right, there that is. Who let the dogs out? Dude, this is like a fucking... Are dreidels normally this size? 
are normally no, they're usually smaller. That's what I thought. Okay, they um, currently right now, which I guess this is the real version. Six hundred million. No, forty-two million. That's it. That's it. Damn, I thought that song was bigger than it. Forty-two million, I guess. The the top comment. Who's watching this in two thousand eighteen? Like it, dude. <laughs> Did you? Did you click? I heard the click. Rest rest in peace to all the dogs in this video. These dogs are dead after eighteen years. I let the dogs out. The comments are not as good as I figured they would be. No. Way to go, internet. Yeah. Now Al, Al Gore needs to start kicking people off there. He's created a fucking madhouse. Oh my god! Who let the dogs out? Okay, we're done with Bahamen. We have to get into our main event, um, which is Frank Zappa because he is the original G. Was was the original G. He he lived in Laurel Canyon. I he did. Yeah, in like Laurel the Canyon? 60s. Yeah, Laurel Canyon. I visited Topanga Canyon. That's not too far from there. Correct. He had some like huge like 18 room like cabin or something. Really? He probably recorded a bunch there. Yeah, he wrote a lot there. And like he he's like he was like no locks on the doors. Like so people could just, people just went like freely and shit. Like people would just come over at all weird hours and stuff. Yes. Um, so Frank Zappa, Frank Vincent Zappa was born December 21st, 1940 in Baltimore, Maryland. He died at the age of 52 in 1993 in Los Angeles from cancer. Um, he is best known for Frank being involved with his himself, Frank Zappa, the mothers of invention and Captain Beefheart. Um, and of course you probably know his kids, Moon, Dweezil, Ahmet, and Diva Pajin. Moon unit. Zappa, yes, Moon Unit, Dweezil, Ahmet, and Diva Pigeon, Zappa. Choose the first one. Yes. Moon Unit. Who kind of sometimes, if you say, see Zappa play Zappa, it's his kids playing his songs. Yeah, Dweezil does a good job. So, Frank Zappa, where do you start with this guy? This guy was like the embodiment of all of music. Like, he started Freak Out. Yes. The, well, Freak Out was his first album. Yeah, that's, where, Ver. that's where you would start. But Frank Zappa, how would you characterize him? Like, he's not a rock god. He's a composer. Yes, he is a composer. He's a, an artiste. Uh, and I would you say he's like parody songs, but like vulgar songs about the political and social climate of the I don't, See, that's the thing. I never really considered much of Frank Zappa's music vulgar at all. I think he's just saying things that most people wouldn't say. That's true. Like, who doesn't... Yellow Snow. Yeah. Right? Like, he's... He's, he's, the yellow snow. he's only saying what people are thinking. It was just not very, you know, appropriate to, you know, have that in music. Right. You know, it was like, well, no, these this, these songs are supposed to be about birds flying. And it's like, no, this... This song's about like jerking off a donkey with a yoohoo bottle. No, <laughs> you know, like it really we don't, is like we that don't, crazy. We don't write music like that. Like that's not our that's not our fucking bag, you know? Like this fucking album here, right? Like just even on the back of it before you even go, Oh, the mothers of invention, freak out. And then you flip it over and it says, Susie Cream Cheese, what's got into you? You're like, okay, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> right? It really? And then you read it and then you fucking open it and you're just like transported to this like fucking I don't know, man. And it's like, this came out in what, like 67 or something? We'll have to look. I think it's 67. And it's so kind of like, uh, 
You know, I'm glad he later on linked up with, like, Flo and Eddie, you know, from the Turtles. Right. Because this is very much like, uh, you know, it's... 1966 was 66, okay, yeah. So it sounds very, you know, just Beach Boys kind of moments on it. There's, like, some weird uh, doo-woppy things. Right. You know, but he, he all the music that he was doing, whatever style he did, from, from day one to the very end, yeah, he nailed it. It was absolutely Well, perfect. it also has, like, a little R&B in it, too. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. where you get the doo-wop. And, yeah. But it's all, it's so fucking original. No, yeah. That's, you could describe Frank Zappa. Original is definitely a light term for him. Like, he was... He's like the fucking... He's, like, he's a... To say, like, Hunter S. Thompson, he's a prototype. Like, there's never yeah. anything like it. No, he's like the cool uncle. Yeah, a very cool uncle. Like, that just goes, you know what? Nothing's really a problem unless, like, you make it one. Right. Like, says some always, like, haiku type shit to you like that, right? Like, well, that fucking makes you think. Whether it's, like, some, you know, grand wah fucking, like, thought out, you know, lyrical thing that really gets your brain going. Or he just goes, don't eat the yellow snow. It's like, yeah, he's right. Don't do that. Thank you, Frank. But, yeah, he, he... Crossed all sorts of music genres, jazz, classical, there you R&B. Like, you like Weird Al. Yes. There'd be no Weird Al. No. Yeah. Same, like Tiny Tim was kind of around the same time too, but man, Zappa just had this weird knack for like surrounding himself also with probably some of the greatest musicians of all time. Correct. And he never, never bowed down to businesses or the government. Like he, oh, he was, was a, he was strongly believer in freedom of speech. He criticized organized religion, and uh, he was a proponent of self education uh, and all that stuff. Well, so you remember, like in the eighties, when fucking Tipper Gore got up on her fucking high horse, oh, yes, right? Unfortunately, and they fucking went, okay, well, fuck, man. We got all these goofy fucking 80s hair rocker idiots happening right now. We can't send them to the fucking courtroom. Who are we going to get? Oh, yeah. Let's get fucking D. Snyder yeah. and Frank Zappa yeah. to go down there and, and represent us. And, dude, D. Snyder is equally probably intel- intelligent level as, as Frank, Zappa. Frank Zappa. Oh, yes, he is. And just absolutely picked these people apart, like, one at a time. Well, because these these... You don't say business people, lawyers, uptight people. They have never heard an album of these people. They have never. They don't nah. know who they're dealing with. They just like, oh, they're rockers. They have long hair. They have, they're yeah. idiots. Well, they knew a little bit of. They knew. They knew. They definitely knew who Frank Zappa was. They didn't know that D. Snyder. They knew D. Snyder was like he filed down his teeth and shit. But they'd known Zappa because he was from day one. Dude was like, I ain't into fucking politics. Yeah. If you do drugs, you're a fucking loser. Yeah. He, he you does know, all this shit. He would smoke. He smoked cigarettes. Yeah. Know? No, he never did drugs. He, yeah. Black coffee and cigarettes, man. That was like his fucking, that, those were his drugs. It's uh but dude, and peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. He did like fucking peanut butter. <laughs> he did. But uh, he, man, just like the, from album to album. Right. So like you go freak out and then is it hot rats is next. Right. Yes. Uh, and then we're only in it for the money, like from each album, like, cause peaches and regalia, right? Like on hot rats. Mm-hmm. If, if someone just played that for you, you would, you would have no idea if you never heard Frank Zappa before and you played that for someone, they would blow their mind. They'd go, wow, what a fucking great musical fucking movement that just was. Right. Like anyone who's not even into music could go, wow, that just, it sounded like I just listened to a movie. Right. 
And then you then you play them like burnt weenie sandwich, and you're like, hey, this is the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like, no fucking way. Yeah, you're like, wow, that's fucking weird. And then these, then he's got like the New York Philharmonic. Right. Like Frank Zappa and the Mother's Invention are the complete opposite of like ACDC. Any ACDC album pretty much sounds the same. There's not one album of Frank Zappa and Mother's Invention that sounds at all like it. Yeah, you, you, you go into it knowing that like... Your mind is about to get fucking warped. Yeah, like, and, but but it's all thought. It's because all, it's experimental and all that stuff. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like he's he's not too serious. It was never the fucking. You never got that like macho vibe from like the Zappa stuff. Like he could just go up there and you know, I'm gonna bang your girlfriend after the show, and then like he would <laughs> he would do it. Like he'd go up there and read the newspaper. Yeah. Right, and it was like, dude, this guy. He he never had to tell anyone he was on art, you know, like fucking Yoko Ono. Yeah. Oh, I fucking make art. I fucking make bird noises and shit. Frank Zappa just went and did it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm making art. I'm making bird noises and yelling. But but the the thing that kind of gets lost with him though too is he could compose music like to sheet. And not even have an instrument involved. He could write out. He could write out what he hear in his head and then do it. And if he had capable enough musicians around him who could read music and went, here, here's the new song. He could do the whole fucking thing and not even touch a goddamn instrument. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. It's so good. So good. So, yeah, Freak Out came out uh, in 1966, and it was the second uh, rock album that was a double uh, release uh, to Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde. Um, when Freak Out came out, it just... Go cry on somebody else's soul. It's... I mean, you have Who Are the Brain Police, Trouble Every Day, Help, I'm a Rock. Wowie zowie. Hungry Freak's Daddy. Man, I love you didn't try to call me. You didn't try to call me. And, like... Five stars out of five stars everywhere. Oh, this is a this is what you call a perfect record right here. And it was a it supposedly it was a big influence on the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club. Oh, absolutely. Band. Well, well, this is one of the first really rock albums that has a fucking or, like orchestration on it. Right. You know, the Wrecking Crew was kind of doing it here and there with like they weren't you know Sinatra wasn't so rock and roll, but they knew how to work with like multiple string. Instrumentalists yes. and you know timpanis and stuff like that and fucking Frank was like well hell yeah I like all that stuff let's do it yeah they, so, uh, you, you know you look at the list of people on here it's mind blowing no it, it's a huge group of people that did this and uh, it they call themselves the mothers the mothers of invention and one of my favorite one of my other favorite bands of all time got their name from the last song on the Freak Out album. The Return of the Son of Monster Magnet. I oh. love, I love Monster Magnet. There you go. Monster yeah. So then Magnet. what What came after Freak Out? Frank Zappa also only has like 80 studio albums. I think it's like, I think it's around 60. But if you think about that, that's a fuckload of studio albums. And he died at 52. Yeah, oh, he was still going to keep, he was always going to make music. So right after Freak Out was absolutely free. Oh yeah, which, that's right. Absolutely free. Uh, peaked at number forty-one. Oh, they, they no number one albums in this in this stack here. No, but <laughs> by by choice, right? And so that track one side one of that is Plastic People. You know, that's the brilliant thing of Zappa. Actually, if yeah. he if he just really went, you know what? I'm going to get real serious about music. He could have he could have probably outdone the Beatles, but he chose that cool, unique path of like 
I'm going to do some really weird, different shit. Yeah, he didn't play music for, like, he played music for himself. Yeah, he played music for himself, but he, he was always, like, he never became, like, uh, complacent, ever. Yeah. You know, he was always fucking doing doing something else. It's good stuff. So, yeah, uh, they he did, that was the what, second the Hot Rats came after Absolutely Free. Um, let me look. Uh, Lump Gravy came out third. Lumpy Gravy. Lumpy Gravy. And then We're Only In It For The Money. Cruising With Ruben And The Jets. That's a fucking cool album. Great album. Uh, Mother Mania, Uncle Meat, and then Hot Rats, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Well, I think he also put out like two or three albums a year, too, for the he first did. couple of years. He did. Two or three albums a year for the first uh, shit, like almost eight what years. year did Hot Rats come out? 72? Hot Rats was 69. Damn, 69. Yeah. Wow. So in... Fucking in three years, he, he had put out eight albums. Yes. Wow. Holy shit. Forget about that. I totally forgot about it. I guess I forgot about that. Spaced out again, man. <laughs> so right after Hot Rats is Burnt Weenie Sandwich. Yeah, Burnt Weenie Sandwich. I love the Live at the Fillmore record. That's a great one. That's it, And some people would think like, why did you just write on this? Why is it like, no, 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 no that's how they did it. Oh, yeah, he had the coolest. Like, I love the one that's... Uh, it's in like in the eighties. It's called a ship arriving too late to to save a drowning witch. Oh uh, yeah, ship arriving too a, late of a drowning witch, and that was got the number twenty three. Yeah, it's, it just has um, it's a trapezoid and a triangle. Yes, <laughs> in a square, and that's like the one uh, album you will find mostly at a used record store of Zappa. Like it's. If you, oh no, man! I, I fucking see uh, overnight sensation a ton. Yeah. They're like, this is fucking everywhere, man. I found that at Half Price Books, Man from Utopia. Man from Utopia, that's a, yeah, that's a good one. That's a great one. Uh, Some of them are very unlistenable to me, though, too. Like, like that clear one? Well, no, I don't mean like, because this is early. This is like 67 or something. Which one's that? This is a live. Oh, yeah, 68 and 69. Okay. Yeah, this is at the ballroom in Stratford, Connecticut. Okay. February 16th, 1969. Okay. Uh, yeah, he man, he just knew how to make a fucking record. He did. And so, like, one of my favorite albums, which is, like, a compilation album of his, but I love Strictly Commercial because it has, like... Sexual harassment in the workplace. Yes, it does that. It has, like, Joe's Garage, which is amazing. It has I Am The Slime, which Frank mm-hmm. Zappa and the Mothers... Back in the 70s, went on Saturday Night Live, and the one song they played they got banned from ever performing there again was I Am The Slime, which is about turning off your fucking television. Yeah, he... Yeah, and not watching TV. Th- they made a bad decision. Whoever okayed that one definitely lost their job. It was great, Yeah, though. I know. That was awesome. Uh, so, yeah, the Joe's Garage, and you have a Fine Girl. Then a Fine Girl. She goes, up in the morning. Yeah. See, and then San Bernardino, which is a great song, too. Yeah, man, he dude, the guy could do anything. Like, and he was an incredible fucking guitar player. Yeah, so he did piano and guitar, but guitar man, like that dude, like he, you say, like Jimi Hendrix, but like would be the greatest guitar. But I think I th- I, I want to say that um, Frank Zappa knew his way more around a guitar. Yeah, you, Zappa would be like more, I guess, technically proficient. Yes, but. Frank Zappa, like, some of his guitar playing is so unorthodox and, like, outside of the box, it's almost non-musical. Yeah. And you can't really tell it's him, whereas every time you hear Jimmy play, you fucking know it's him. 
Right. Because he just had his hand was so big and he did that thing with his thumb. Yes. But Zappo could fucking play, you know, Stravinsky, right? Yes. The whole, a whole fucking piece. Right. Just, do, 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 just effortlessly. It's amazing. Um, and so, how did he meet Catherine Beefheart? Do you know that? Do you know they, I, mean, they, I think they grew up together. Don Van Ville, is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, I think they grew up together. So, yeah. Because he's only on like the first two, I think. But they did stuff after that, right? Well, they were kind of like, they were always friends and stuff, but he left. It's like, same with like Lowell George that w- went on to form Little Feet. Yeah. Like, Zappa, he says he kicked him out of the band because he they, was smoking yeah. weed or he was pro pro pot. Yeah. But I think the story, from what I've always been able to read and decipher of it, is that Zappa knew that like, this guy needs to be on his own. Like Lowell George, right. he, he saw the greatness that was going to be Little Feet, you know. Yeah, and he kind of facil- facilitated that deal of like, you need to do your own stuff now. You know, it's like fucking Obi Wan, Luke Skywalker shit, right? Yes, like, your turn. You know, yeah. it's your Padawan. Yeah. So uh, Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart met when they were teenagers, and they shared their interest in rhythm and blues and uh, Chicago blues, and uh, they collaborated on Zappa's scripts for teenage operettas. Such as Captain Beefheart and the Grunt People. <laughs> yeah, I mean, too. Which is really cool. Then I don't really like the Captain Beefheart, I can't really get behind. You're the, not a Captain Beefheart fan? No, nah, not really. I mean, I'm, I've, to me, it's like you get to choose between Zappa or him. I mean, I, I, I would much rather to. listen to Frank Zappa. Me like, too. Zappa is a lot more musical and, you know, uh, I don't know, it's an easier listen, which is even still weird to say, because not... It's hardly, not, yeah. Not hardly any of it is easy, but... I don't know, there's just... I remember the... I can remember the first time I fucking heard Frank Zappa. I mean, the was, first... It was this fucking album, it was Freak Out. Really? I was working at Warehouse Music in high school. I was like 16, 17 years old, and there was this older dude that I worked with who was really into the band Jellyfish. Okay, nice. 90s band that kind of sounded like Queen. Mm-hmm. And I loved Queen, and he goes, man, if you like Queen, you'll fucking love this band, Jellyfish. So then he showed me Jellyfish, so I was like, wow, this is really fucking neat. Like, I've never heard any music like that before. And he goes, man, if you want to hear something really fucking far out, there's this guy named Frank Zappa, and he's, he showed me Freak Out. It was like on CD, and he goes, you ought to just buy this and go home and listen to it. It'll probably change your life. And I was like, whatever, dude. And I bought it, and I went home, and my mom was like, oh, cool, Freak Out. I haven't heard that in a long time. And I was like, fuck, you know this? She goes, yeah, you're going to be in for a surprise. And I said, all right. And I can remember just being mesmerized from the fucking front of that album to the back of it. I was like, this is the weirdest shit and coolest (laughs) shit I've ever heard. So then I just immersed myself in it. I had to get all of it. Yeah, it was. I've never heard anything like it. In it gets into there's Beach Boysy moments. No, so that's when the first song I think I heard from them was Joe's Garage, and so that goes like a, a lot of different areas of their music, and I guess tells their. You story. got a lot more music on that thing because that's three acts. Joe's Garage, correct? Like, yes, like, triple the amount of music that's on Freak Out. Correct, and just but hearing the song Joe's Garage. You know, hearing them play the Beach Boys surfer anthem and then going into Twangy and I, I don't know, it's just badass. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, no other, I can't think of another group that did, like the Ventures are the only other group that I could think that could move from one sound to the next effortlessly like that. It's, it's amazing how, so if he didn't die, he would be in his 70s now. 
What do you think he'd be doing? Do you think he'd still be making music? Classical? Do you think? Yeah, I I think he would have just continued into the classical realm. Yeah. Because he'd already done everything else. Like, he got Steve Vai in the band, right? Right. And that, that's a cool story. Do you know how Steve Vai joined? I do not Frank know Zappa? This is awesome, man. So I think Steve Vai was like 16 or 17 years old. Zappa always used to, in interviews, he would always say, my guitar parts are impossible. They can't be transcribed onto tablature or sheet music. They can't. And I guess some people had tried or whatever, and so 16-year-old Steve Vai is sitting at, you know, at his parents' house, right? And he's writing out all this sheet music for Zappa's songs and he compiles this like collection of them and he fucking puts them in an envelope seals them up mails them to Frank Zappa right then Frank Zappa opens it starts going through the sheet music that Steve Vai sent him and Zappa's like this is all correct like he's transcribed all my music that's supposed to be impossible he's done it I gotta meet this guy so then Frank Zappa goes, meets him, and he's like, wow, it's this 17-year-old kid who's a guitar wizard, right? So he gets Steve Vai in the band. Then they start doing the fusion, you know, cr- really crazy yeah. Terry Bozio prog yeah. stuff. He'd already done the rock and roll and all the other jazz stuff. He'd already done it. Ruben and the Jets, the fucking, you know, barbershop stuff. He did. He did every style of music like perfectly. That's so. He just he was just write the transcript for his music, and he did it. And like, okay, you're doing this. Yeah, you're in the band. Like you made. You're in the band now, which is crazy. But then he went on to do like David Lee Roth stuff, right? Yeah, he played in White Snake. And yeah, Diamond Dave, and you know. I don't. I like Steve Weiser. I'd never go see him or really listen. Well, supposedly to him. he's played with Zappa. Plays Zappa. Before. Yeah, he has. I mean, he he's a really really good guitar player. Just I don't like that kind of aimless noodling guitar playing. Yeah, like I like songs, not like cool dude. You can bend the string way up there and like tap. Like Eddie Van Halen made it musical, right? You know what I mean? Like Steve Vai's never written like fucking Unchained. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Right? Zappa wrote music. I mean, he wrote fucking cool, catchy little songs. He did. Mud Shark. Mud Shark. Right? Yes. You know what that song's about. Do you know what that song's about? It's about sticking your pole out the window, <laughs> catching a fish, and then you have fun with it with a couple of groupies and maybe like a slice of butter. Not true. It goes places. <laughs> yeah, that is true. It is. It's like the the Baja men who let the dog. It's about dogs. Yeah, the mud shark. The mud shark. It's a new dance. It's sweeping the ocean. <laughs> it's the mud butt. That's what he said. It's <laughs> sweeping the ocean. Um, Frank Zappa. He. I. They've they've he released was on your team. They've released. Yeah. Well, no, he's not. He's a uh, Greek. He's not Jewish. Yeah, I thought he was Jewish. Mm-mm. Fuck, I don't know anything. I'm stupid. <laughs> Um, so Frank Zappa, he released a bunch of stuff posthumously. Um, have you ever heard any of those? Nah, I I don't really, there's a certain period where I just knew I was like, man, this, he's, he's getting too far out there for me. This music's not for me. Okay. So after kind of, there's, I don't even, some of the Steve Vai stuff, like Steve Vai plays on the ship arriving too late album. Yeah. You know, a lot of the 80s albums, most of the 80s albums, actually, but this from the first album 
to probably like Joe's Garage. That's that's about it for me. Shut up and play your guitar is cool because that's all just instrumental guitar stuff. Well, I think the I think the most recent album I have of his is the um, the Man from Utopia, which was 1983. Yeah. So. Yeah, he. I, I just stopped listening after a certain point because I I could hear where I knew where it was going, and I I tried right. to listen, try to listen to him. The orchestra album he did is cool, but like I like he won the Grammy for that. Yeah, I like rock and roll and like guitars and stuff. Like strings aren't really my. You know, unless it's like a big Elton John song or something. Or um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. November Rain. That's different, though. I only <laughs> listen to Trans-Siberian Orchestra like once or twice a year. Well, it's this time of year. Hey, check this out. Me and Sh- me and Shauna went to look at some place for her to live. Yeah. And the girl that was there, she had a Trans-Siberian shirt on. What? And I went, hey, I was at that show. Because it was from 2014. Okay, so you were at the 2014 show. Yeah, I didn't the go one to recently. the. Yeah, I didn't go to okay. the most recent one. Okay, I did. I went to that one. Yeah, I've seen, it was bad. Dude, it's I'm, it's like going. It's like watching Lord of the Rings with with like rockers with guitar solos. <laughs> it's badass, dude. But I was like, hey, I was at that fucking show. She got all excited. She goes, yeah, I love T- TSB. Like she didn't call them Trans Siberian Orchestra. Jesus. She, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> I do like them, but yeah, dude. I wonder Zappa should have done a fucking Christmas album. Did he not? No, hell no. He's not for that. He couldn't. No, he never did. No, he he probably didn't like Christmas and probably didn't do it. But you know, if he did, it would have been amazing, probably. No, oh, he would have just told you how much it sucked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ah, holy shit. He's he's one of those people where, like, I I wish George Carlin was still around and, like, Bill Hicks and, like, Tom Petty. Yes. Because I would like to hear Frank Zappa's take on the current state of music. Like, what would Frank Zappa say about Post Malone? Yeah. Like, what what would he say? That's what I'm saying. We'll never fucking know, man. Like, it'd be cool. Someone needs to make that happen. Do you think Post Malone knows who Frank Zappa is? Absolutely. Well, he'll he'll say he does. I bet. I don't. I could care less. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, he, that guy can't say anything that would that would could possibly be redeeming mm. for me. Shut, maybe fucking if he set fire to his face and like had the fire department put it out with an axe, that would be <laughs> I, that would be cool. <laughs> with sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Domo arigato, like in the background. Yes. Oh. Sticks, you mean? I thought you meant the band sticks. Well, sticks hitting people with sticks. Yeah, That's a goddamn good idea. Yeah, stick. <laughs> domo, domo, domo. Yeah. Well, he Frank told he didn't like a lot of shit. Yeah. So from his my last favorite album of his, uh, The Man from Utopia, one of his singles on that was called Cocaine Decisions. He always had the best song name. He did. I mean, sexual harassment in the workplace is a fantastic song, dude. And that's one of the it, and it's but, that that song is really weird, and I don't know if, well, who cares, I guess. But that's like all instrumental. That's on "Shut Up and Play Your Guitar." Two, yeah, I guitar. Think. You can't. Yes. Um. So it's all instrumental, but that's like it's sexual harassment in the workplace. But it's also one of the best songs to like fuck to, right? Because that's got, why he wrote it. It's got this weird, like not weird actually, just it loungy porno song. Man, it sounds cool. It does sound amazing. I used to work with a dude at Guitar Center who was like, hey, you know if you ever like want to learn a real cool 
song on guitar. I learned Sexual Harassment in the Workplace by Frank Zappa. And I was like, dude, I already fucking know that song. Do you know that song? Oh, yeah. I love that song. But, and he goes, wow, really? Because there's some really... You need about three guitars to go in to yeah, play the song. Yes. And he goes, do you really know it? And I said, yes. Like, here, let's play it. And we played it together. And I, he was like, wow, man, I don't know anyone who's even never heard this song. Good God. I was like, dude, my girlfriend in high school liked this song for various reasons. It's good. So we're talking about Frank Zappa here on the uh, the Unbalanced Note podcast. And the Jacob is, the Jacob is very interested in dreidels right now. It's really great. <laughs> well, I thought there was no. Keep playing. No, I just awesome. remember like on Pee Wee Herman, like the pterodactyl cracked one open. And there was candy in it. <laughs> what? It's an Easter egg. No, it's not an Easter egg. He spins a fucking dreidel in the Christmas Pee Wee's Christmas special. There's a fucking dreidel that goes across the floor, and one of the dinosaurs cracks it open, and there's candy in it. Oh, I wish there was candy in that. Well, there's candy right here. There is. I know I'm not making that up. I, I'm trying to remember that. I don't remember that, but you're, I, I like your fascination with dreidels. Wasn't, I feel like Frank Zappa should have been on Pee Wee at some point, but I guess he would have been. He was not. He was just on SNL. Yeah, one and done. And he got banned because he played I Am The Slide and basically told people well, not to watch TV. That's not what he got. He That didn't help his cause, but throughout the whole... Because he did, he, he did one or two skits, I think. I don't remember him doing a skit. I remember him... I have I have the old SNLs I'm on I'm pretty TV. sure that he fucking did a skit or two. Really? Oh, yeah. Because some of his... My favorite interviews with him are when they had him on like... Here we go. You know, he wasn't on Politically Correct, but there were shows like that, the roundtable shows where he would go on and... He could debate politicians, you know. He'd go. Yes. He he could go toe to toe with anyone on a, in a intellectual sense. Okay, so in December 1976, Zappa appeared as a featured musical guest on the NBC show Saturday Night Live. Zappa's song "I'm the Slime" was performed with a voiceover by SNL booth announcer Dan Pardo, who also introduced Peaches and Regalia on the same airing. Um, yes. In 1978, Zappa served both as host and musical act on the show as an actor in various sketches. Yeah. The performances included an impromptu musical collaboration with cast member John Belushi during the instrumental piece, The Purple Lagoon, which is pretty badass. Yeah. I don't remember that. Well, th- I think that was also right around the time when they had John, they had Joe Cocker come on, and they had okay. Joe Cocker and John Belushi at the same time. And oh yeah, John, Belu- John Belushi did the better Joe Cocker than Joe Cocker, <laughs> right? Because he's like Woodstock Joe Cocker, like his yeah. hands are going. He's this like a way. zombie. Yeah, he's got those. I gotta get a loaf of my bread. <laughs> and he's got those. He's got those fucking badass blue star boots on. Yes, which. Why don't they sell those? Dude, I don't fuck. I want a pair of those. I do too. Frank Zappa would not approve of that. Oh, That's oh self-indulgent to the max. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Zappa in New York. Uh, that album mixes complex instrumentals such as the Black Page and humorous songs like Titties and Beer. Yeah, Titties and Beer is a good Who doesn't like that? That's a great song too. Yeah. That was Frank Zappa. Again, dude, he he just told you like it was. Like, he didn't need to be creative. He was creative with his lyrics by by default. He couldn't be anything other than that. But he didn't... He wasn't into trying to... He wasn't into euphemisms. Right. (laughs) I mean, it was... He told you pretty cut and dry. So on his album in 1979 called Chic Your Booty... Chic uh, Your Booty. Yes. There is a song on there called Jewish Princess. And it's a humorous look at Jewish American princess stereotypes, which... If you don't know what a Jewish American princess is, in short, they call them Japs. And they are uh, 
Jewish girls who's like, oh, daddy buys me this, daddy buys me that, I got everything, and pissed, you know, whatever. Um, but that song attracted attention from the Anti-Defamation League, um, <laughs> which Zappa denied an apology <laughs> to them, oh, which is I, so I, great. I don't think Frank Zappa probably ever apologized to anyone. No, he, he, he argued, unlike the unicorn, such creatures do exist and deserve to be commemorated with their own special opus. Yeah. It's exactly what he said. Yeah. And goddamn bless him for that. Is he lying? No, he's not lying. There you go. And it's a great song. They tried to make him lie, and he said, no, I refuse. And you know what? In this current day and age... Whatever artist, they would immediately apologize. No, this dude stood his ground. Yeah, like I said, I'm sure there wasn't much he ever apologized for. Such creatures do exist. Yeah, he's, and he's correct. Has anyone ever seen a unicorn? A, no. You're Jewish. How many Japs have you seen? <laughs> Tons. Numerous. Numerous. All the time. Yeah. It, well, don't say that. <laughs> well, kind of back yourself in a corner. You can't get out. Look around and where you are. <laughs> if she hears that, you're in trouble. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it's a thing. I don't know. It's, uh... Sheen. Sheen. Oh, it's... He's amazing. He was amazing. Yeah, he really was. So, so yes. Frank Zappa. That is our, our episode this week. Frank Zappa. Just please. On the handheld device, too. Yes, on a handheld device. We are having computer difficulties here. So, this is on, all on a handheld iPhone 10, um... That no one has held the entire time. Correct. How about that for technology? How about that? Um, so we'll be back next week, um, and it will be closer to Christmas. We'll have to do a Christmas album at some point. I fucking hate Christmas. <laughs> You'll do a Hanukkah album. Yeah, I can do that, like Adam Sandler or anything. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, um, so... Uh, He's Jewish, isn't he? Yes, he is. I thought so. We are the Unbalanced Note on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network. Look us up on Boomstick Comics. Find Jacob on Instagram at Scrumptulescence or at Good Records. No one's ever followed me. You don't have to say that. I'm saying it. It never happens, though. Did, any, happen. did anyone ever email us when we did our, hey, if anyone has any questions or bands we they want us to talk about or bands to make fun of? Not yet. See? But still, email Fuck us. Okay, look. People are listening to this in the car. If anyone is listening, just send us an email and just tell us to fuck off. Yes. Just let us know this is working. Yes. Just just email us that says cancel this podcast. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything. Tell us you love us. Tell us you want to fuck us. Tell us you hate us. They they ain't us. They they ain't they ain't us. Yeah. They ain't us. They what is it? What does they say? They say Peanut they hate us. Jelly. They hate us because they, they ain't, ain't us. us. Yes. Fucking fuck James Franco. (laughs) (laughs) And on that unbalanced note, we will be back next week. We love you.